I'm not even sure if sponsoring your own podcast is a thing, but we're going to give it a go for the remainder of this series because She Can, She Did has just launched the UK's first ever benefits programme curated for and by self-employed women in the UK. And so I wanted to use this opportunity to tell you all a little bit about it. The new She Can, She Did Benefits programme provides all self-employed women, female founders and freelancers with access to the health and financial benefits that come hand in hand with a corporate career, like pensions, health insurance, gym memberships, eye care, etc, etc, plus a whole host of additional fashion, beauty, well-being, parenthood and lifestyle incentives too, with over 60 plus brands on board and counting, including the likes of Pure Gym, Hiscox, Penfold and Vision. Express on the more traditional benefits front, to the likes of Esper, Bloom and Wild, Higher Street, to Hello Fresh and Oh Mama on the ultimate rewards front. For just £5.99 per month, you will gain access to a whole host of exclusive benefits and rewards to support both your business and your life, which, let's face it, will become all the more important as we all try and navigate the uncertainty that the coming months present. Plus, all members benefit from weekly online events with industry experts at no extra cost too, along with many, many more perks of the programme. Visit shecanshedid.com for more details if you're interested, or of course, feel free to just click on the link in this episode's show notes. I feel like Cheryl when I say the next bit, but here goes. She can, she did. Your resilience rewarded. Hi everybody and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast, aka the podcast that shares the honest realities of what female business owners in the UK push through behind the scenes. The good, the bad and the more often than not unbelievably challenging to not just launch but run, grow and sustain their businesses to date. If we haven't met yet, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did slash the one asking the questions throughout this chat. Now, I've known today's guest since very early on in my own journey with She Can, She Did and can safely say that she is one of the kindest and most supportive women that I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the past three years. The lady in question is Kat Horrocks, the Manchester-based former makeup artist turned life coach who empowers women to achieve their goals and, importantly, put themselves first. From how she combated the fear of transitioning from the makeup business that she ran for the four years prior to becoming a coach, and how she went about battling off the imposter syndrome and not-so-supportive opinions of others that came hand-in-hand with that transition, how she held her nerve and continued to show up even when the money wasn't always there in the early days, to her thoughts on the integrity of the online coaching space, given that it's not regulated and anyone can claim to be an expert in anything and everything online. This is Kat's very honest story so far. She is pretty great, so I hope you enjoy it. Right, okay. On that note, given that this isn't planned, what is your business all about in your own words, Kat? And we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm a women's life and career coach. I offer one-to-one coaching I have a group coaching membership and hopefully next year I will have some online courses and more self-led work as well. So my work is all about empowering women to put themselves first and achieve their goals 
So I'm really passionate about that kind of unique blend that we all need in modern day as, you know, busy working women where we need and deserve that balance, you know, those boundaries, that self-care, that really necessary stuff, which for me, put yourself first is like my ethos and that embodies all of that. But we also deserve to own who we are and own what we want. So whether that be you want a super successful business, you want to be like the healthiest version of yourself, you know, whatever your goals are, I'm really passionate about supporting women to get from where they are now to where they want to be. It's amazing. And how long have you been going for again? Because I feel like we've been talking since pretty much day one of She Can, She Did, which is now three years old. So yeah, so it's about, I reckon coming up to three and a half, maybe four years now. I'm rubbish at dates and anniversaries and things. So I couldn't tell you like the exact business anniversary, but it's probably coming up to four years, which is crazy. <laughs> um, what what made you decide to launch this? You know, what were you doing beforehand? And do you remember the moment where you just really decided like, actually, I am going to launch this? Because you can kind of sit and think about an idea for quite a while. But that difference, I always say on this podcast, the difference between actually thinking about it and doing it is a completely different ball game. So yeah, talk me through like the kind of lead up to it, I suppose. Yeah, so... I guess the difference with me and my story is I didn't know that I wanted to do coaching until I had like a light bulb moment and then I just did it like that's the type of person I am I'm not really one to sit on an idea once I get that gut instinct that it's like a yes and I'm like okay I need to make this happen I just like hit the ground running and no one like literally no one can stop me so It took me a while to get there. My first business, so I guess without telling you my whole life story, (laughs) my first business was makeup. So I was like, you know, in college, fully on track to go to uni, study journalism, sit in an office, you know, have a desk job, work for someone else. I was always academic growing up, like no one in my family was entrepreneurial. So this path was never like laid out for me, like some other people who almost like have it in their blood. Mm. But one day in college, doing my A-levels, like, you know, had applied to uni, had got the space. And one day I just thought, no, (laughs) I don't want to go. I don't want an office job and I actually want to work for myself. And at the time, Like most girls around my age growing up in like the social media, YouTube and blogging and all of that was only just becoming a thing. So I'm sure we can all remember like discovering like makeup tutorials on YouTube for the first time. And I was like obsessed. I would spend like every minute (laughs) as soon as I got home looking at like Pixie Woo and like the other YouTube makeup artists. And I was just so passionate about it. And it was like a refreshing hobby for me because I've never been encouraged, like not by my parents or anyone specifically, but I've never felt encouraged to be really creative. So it was nice to do something. I think looking back, I'd probably never believed that I could be a creative person and I could create things and like be hands on with the work that I'm doing. I've always just been like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a writer and that's what I'm good at. 
just jumping in there really quick one of my friends runs like an art doodly do company where it just encourages people to doodle and she always says as adults she does these big corporate workshops like with massive companies now and encourages adults to like grab some crayons and pens and color in and like doodle and sketch and she's like if you can pick up a pen you are creative you have the power within you to literally go with it but we just suppress mm. it we box ourselves don't we but it's kind of like you are academic and therefore you go on to study journalism like god forbid yeah. you actually do anything else it's so true yeah and I think having just heard you say that I can probably pinpoint discovering like personal growth as well alongside discovering that more creative side of myself that perhaps like when I was younger I didn't believe in myself and I would have thought oh no like you can't do that so I always say I'm not like a painter I'm not a drawer like makeup is my creative artisan thing (laughs) so I ended up you know, leaving college, studying to be a makeup artist, much to my parents' shock and initial dread (laughs) (laughs) that I wasn't gonna have that, you know, super secure job with the promotions lined up and the pay rises and blah, 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 blah. Steady. Yeah. (laughs) Boring. Yawn. (laughs) And I went on to grow like a decent local business doing bridal makeup. So bridal makeup ended up being my thing that I loved. Anyone who works in the wedding industry, even though it's like exhausting and takes all of you, it's also the most fun and the most like rewarding thing to be a part of it's so positive and it's so amazing to be there on the day like the energy even if you've been a bridesmaid or you're like close to someone who's got married the energy in the room like on that morning is just magic I love it and I guess like I've always been a sucker for that romance I've always you and me both (laughs) yeah I've always been a girl's girl so I've always just loved being around other women I've never been one of those girls who say oh, I just find women really bitchy. And I've always felt like really drawn to women and the women in my life I've always had like really deep connection with and really deep chat. So what I found was being a makeup artist, spending time with a bride on her day, it's more than just putting a bit of lipstick on her, yeah. you know. It's more than just like making a skin look amazing. Yeah. It's so much deeper and what I discovered through that work is I love that one-to-one connection with another woman and I love seeing a woman's face like and eyes like light up you know with confidence with energy so how this links into coaching I'd probably been running my makeup business for about three to four years so I'd reached a point where I was earning like decent money from it and I basically reached a crossroads where I thought I could carry on and be like the best makeup artist in my area because I'm not a half-assed person, like I'm all in or nothing. So I could either carry on, you know, keep growing, keep building and be the best or I need to move on and do something else. And I felt more drawn to doing something online and doing something that gave me more of my own time back and that freedom because what I've learned through my business journey is I am first of all unemployable because like I just cannot be told like what to do yeah like as soon as I feel that 
from someone, I instantly like resist it. So I knew that I really valued independence and flexibility and that's why I worked for myself. So I'd almost found myself in an industry where I love it and I enjoyed it, but I couldn't see myself doing it long term. So I think whilst I was running my makeup business, I was doing so much work on myself on the side, like, you know, reading books, listening to podcasts, all of this personal growth work that I learned so much about myself and what I want and what I value and how that could apply to my business Mm. long term. Because I was like, what do I want to feel excited to be doing when I'm 40, 50, 60, (laughs) you know? And I knew it wasn't getting up at 4am and driving to the Lake District to do someone's makeup. Not that that isn't an incredible business. And like, if you know that's what you want to do, then you just know like, you know, makeup and like the wedding industry is like in your blood and you just live for it. I felt like for me, it'd run its course. So I actually hired a business coach myself and basically said to her, I remember in the first call, I was like, I just need you to help me figure out what I want to do. (laughs) And it's so funny, like now I have people come to me and ask that same question. What's great about coaching is it's not someone else telling you what to do. It's not like she fixed me or said, right, go and do this. Then you'll be great and be really happy and successful. She like pulled all of this stuff out of me and asked me a shit ton of really uncomfortable questions over, you know, a six month period that allowed me the space to answer my own question and like answer my own calling. Sorry if you're not a spiritual person, I am. So me too. It's a really weird one, isn't it? Like I generally do believe in all of that gut instinct stuff and like energies and yeah, I'm here for it. So keep going. Yeah, I guess apologies to anyone listening. <laughs> <who's> like, <laughs> Just put up with the drill a little bit. <laughs> these hippies. <laughs> so I discovered the power of coaching myself and through working with a coach, she allowed me to take that step back and look at my strengths, you know, the things that I just naturally could do like holding space for other women on that one-to-one basis that you know not everyone wants to do or can do or enjoys doing so it was so powerful and one day she was like laying out all of these business models so she was like right online business you could do this you could try this you could try this you could try this or you could try coaching and I was like bing it was like a light bulb moment or a universe moment, a God moment, whatever you would call it. And that was it then. Like I said, that was what I wanted to do. So I'd like deep dived with her. She like mentored me and coached me for our time together. I didn't go down the traditional route of a course, although funnily enough, I'm now looking at adding in some like extra qualifications and certifications in different techniques like NLP and stuff. But I didn't go down the traditional route of a course. I actually worked one-to-one with her and then worked my arse off for free for about eight months. I had about, I think I had like six clients who I just went really deep with and essentially coached them like as I would coach someone now Mm. to get that experience. Because I think what I've learned about myself is I'm not someone who can sit on something and wait I have to be out doing it yeah, yeah definitely I want to jump in really quickly in terms of that transition from the two different businesses 
you know, what were the emotions like or how did you process it in your head leaving that business that you'd spent four years building up? Because that's a long time with the makeup I'm on about and going through that process internally of, okay, I'm going to shut that. Was there any kind of, in terms of reactions from other people, your own opinions? Like how did you, I suppose, process the fact that that business had come to an end? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because that's what holds so many people back. You can launch a business and it might not be the right business, but it leads to the one that is. And I think that that's a really interesting journey. So every time I speak to someone that's had a business before the one that they get to that they really, really, really know is for them, I'm always really interested in that transition. Yeah. Looking back, I definitely had a lot of fear. So on a personal level, you know, there were obvious thoughts like, what if this doesn't work out? You know, what if I fail, et cetera, et cetera. But there was also that element of feeling like, oh, if I leave this behind, does that mean that it was a failure? Or does that mean that I've wasted my time? And if anyone is thinking about that right now, I would say, hell no, (laughs) because you will start to see those like stepping stones and those interlinks between you know the skills and the other aspects of your first business that you really developed and honed that you absolutely like I could not be a coach now if I'd not been a makeup artist but at the time it was definitely I was basically like jumping off a cliff with no net there like I obviously had a net in terms of you know my family are never gonna see me homeless or hungry And I'm very blessed to have that. But I was leaving this behind and I had no idea whether it was going to work out. What was the reaction of those around you when you said that you were bringing that business to an end and doing something completely different? Or at least I can totally see how it aligns, but different business model, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it felt a bit like back to square one, especially with my parents, because they were like, but I thought you were doing doing makeup. What did help me is, like, I I know I say, you know, metaphorically, I felt like I was jumping into it. I didn't physically jump into it. So it was like a transitional period of about two years. So for the first, like, two years of my coaching, I was still working with makeup clients. I was just taking on less work and not really, you know, especially towards the end, not actively promoting it. So I think because they were both service-based businesses and I was coaching during the week and doing makeup at the weekends, I had the luxury of being able to do both for a while. So the transitional period really helped because I guess to the people around me who were a bit like, what the hell is going on here? What's she doing? They were like, okay, like she's trying this, (laughs) but you know, she's still got a makeup client. She's still doing weddings. It wasn't easy. It's never easy to completely like disregard other people's comments, especially when they're people you love. Like my advice to other people is always you've got to like find your own space, like whether it's a physical space where you're just by yourself or even like a mental space where you can just be with your own thoughts, ideas, goals, dreams, vision, because you've got to hold on to that. And almost have, I describe it as like having blinkers on, like, you know, when you see horses with those things covering their face, so they can't see, they've just got to look forward. That's how I would describe it. Because when you, you know, and anyone listening, when you have a vision, 
and you believe it and you see it and to you it is so real in your head you've got to find at least moments where you shut the world out and like ignore those opinions and those comments and those thoughts even when they're from the people who you like love and respect the most yeah couldn't agree more so you start doing the eight months for free but obviously like courses I know that you have to do hours for free as well don't you so that's a quite natural process was it straight away you knew it was right like how quickly did it start to I suppose sink in and like feel comfortable and like that transition because I'm just thinking like a coach really is there's so much weight to that role and it is such a powerful career and I've always been quite skeptical about a lot of coaches when I think that they haven't done the work to kind of have that power do you know what I mean anyone can claim they're anything nowadays but like when you do support work and work for free I think it really does build up and the experience etc etc so I suppose that transition like in terms of imposter syndrome or whatever it is how quickly did it start to feel like I'm really on the right track here yeah I totally, totally understand because it is an industry where it's not regulated Mm. and it's like you say, anyone can kind of just put coach in their Instagram bio. And I I would just caveat that though with the fact that I'm sceptical about a lot of service-based businesses online because of that reason when there's not the kind of credentials behind it or like the experience behind it. So that's why I suppose I always ask this question because I think it is really important to kind of, I suppose, weave out, you know, who's in it for the right reasons and like who's legit and et cetera, et cetera. So do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's all about integrity. Mm. Like the best coaches work with such integrity. And I've worked with coaches myself who have spent tens of thousands on courses. I've worked with coaches who have never done a course. And what I found is a like the results speak for themselves so in terms of when I started feeling like okay I'm pretty good at this (laughs) I feel like this is coming naturally to me and I'm growing you know my skill set and everything was probably like coming towards the end of that eight months or even with my first few paying clients who were like you know I was charging not a lot at all for my first paying clients when you start to see people getting real life results, especially when they've come to you and said, I want this, or I'm working towards this. And with your support and backing, they're able to do the work and create the results for themselves. That is the most important thing because anyone can go on Instagram and say, here's my six figure strategy for blah, 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 blah. And all that shiny like market like anyone who understands marketing can market their business in that way Mm. as any kind of service like you say the difference is for me like the proof is in the pudding the real results so in business it's like okay what have you tangibly been able to create with your clients with life coaching it's like what specific outcomes and goals have your clients achieved And that for me is where the integrity comes in. And also like my confidence as a coach, especially when I was starting out, because you totally do have imposter syndrome. And there were times where I was like, do I need a piece of paper to show someone to be like, oh, this means that I can do this. Mm. And everyone's journey is different. And for some people, they would really benefit from that. But 
you know, what it comes down to for me is like, am I operating as a business with integrity? So am I empowering the client to create their own results? I'm not promising that they're gonna make, I'm like, I'm not saying I can guarantee you make six figures overnight. When people say that, I'm always just like, ah, oh, so subjective. It's yeah. so subjective. You cannot guarantee that. No. The thing that bothers me so much about that that kind of marketing is that people buy it and it works as a marketing strategy because it preys on vulnerability. And I, I just not here for it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? That we like we all fall for it. I fall for it. You know, I still see business coaches who I would perceive to be more further along than me, more successful. And we all know that your business doesn't make money like it's a hobby. So we all strive for that. But for me, it's about what is really behind that. So if you've actually helped your clients create six figures, amazing. Like show me their business, show me their story, show me a video of them talking about working with you. Because if you have that, you can just tell, like I'm a big believer of energy and that gut feeling. And I always say, even on a discovery call, I'll say like, if you've got a gut feeling about this, then let's go, like let's begin. But if someone ever doesn't have that, then I don't want them to work with me. I want them to find someone else who they do have that feeling with. And I think that can come across even in like marketing and social media and the shiny sales pages. If you watch someone's testimonial videos or you even just see them talking, I think you can tell. Like, I think you can really see where the integrity is there and like the love of it is there and the passion is behind it. You know, coaching is a service and any service-based business should be coming, well, any business should be coming from a place of service, like being in service to your clients Mm. and being dedicated to creating the, you know, whatever result or whatever outcome they want and they're investing in, whether you're a photographer or a coach or, you know, a marketing consultant, whatever you're doing, it's about the result. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I just want to say that having met you a number of times at the Mingles, my gut reaction with you is always that you genuinely are everything you say you are. Do you know what I mean? In terms of that whole women supporting women ethos, I feel like you embody it through and through. You're always everyone's biggest cheerleader. So it's, yeah, I just always ask the question. And I think as well for a service-based business, it'd be interesting to kind of hear the realities of having to answer that question and justify it. How does that sit with you? Because I guess that is another challenge, right? Like in terms of putting yourself out there and always having the cynical Susan in the corner. Hello. <laughs> um, I don't feel like I come from a place of defending myself. I feel like I've got to a point now where I just trust myself yeah. and I trust my business. I trust in the work that I do and I trust in the results it creates for the right clients who come to me at the right time for them. Mm. I think developing that trust over the past few years, and it definitely wasn't always there, but now I've got to a place where I'm quite happy to share what I'm about, be authentic, put myself out there. And like, if it's not for someone, then amazing. Like, I'm more than okay with that. I feel like with any service where the passion is there, the love for it is there, you know 
who is right for you like you know your ideal client you know what it feels like to work with them what it's like in that first even that first email or inquiry and again like this is for photographers this is for coaches this is for any service you know when you're excited to work with someone and when they're excited and ready to work with you and invest so I'm focused on those people and serving them to the best of my ability whether they're following me and my free content on Instagram or whether they're working with me. So I'm kind of like not, I don't really think about the people who are skeptical on coaching anymore because I'm not here to talk to them. I'm not here to speak to them. And, you know, with personal growth, everyone's got their own way of doing it. So maybe for some people, like coaching isn't for them. But maybe they love reading. Maybe they love podcasts. Maybe they love something else. And that's for them. So I'm kind of like not, I'm not speaking to those people. A hundred percent. It makes so much sense. And I think it goes back to that whole thing of like, you're never, ever, ever going to please anyone. So as long as you know deep down that you're a good person, you're putting good work out there, you believe in it, you're doing the best of your abilities, et cetera, et cetera. You mean well, go for it. And it, like you say, it is a case of that horse analogy is such a good one. Putting the blinkers on and just kind of blocking it out. But yeah, no, you answered that so well. Let's move on to your approach to marketing and putting yourself out there as a service-based business. There are so, so, so many coaches out there. How have you gone about that? And obviously, given that you are the face of your brand, your name, et cetera, et cetera, as well, how do you juggle that balance between you as like a professional business owner and then just cat? that is also on you know I could go on to Instagram at 10 p.m and you're there do you know what I mean like how do you kind of separate it all yeah really good question I'll answer that one first and then talk more like geeky marketing stuff I am really hot on boundaries so you know one of the biggest topics I cover with all of my clients and my group is boundaries we constantly talk about boundaries And that's something I practice what I preach with. And I really do feel like having strong boundaries in any business is so, so important. But like you say, especially with that personal brand element, you've just got to know where your boundaries are, where you draw that invisible line between your business and you as a person. And it's so interesting to talk about this because this year specifically, I've been doing a lot of deeper work on childhood stuff and whatever. And one of the questions I was talking about with my one of my coaches was like, who am I without my business? Mm. And I know so many people will be like, oh my God, I know I can't even answer that. Because it is such a huge part of my life and it is, you know, a personal brand and it is so interwoven. But I guess practically, I know what feel, again, it's like that gut feeling, you know, I know what I'm excited to share. And I know what feels like a really great lesson to share, even if it is something personal. And I know what feels like, no one can see, but I'm like hugging myself. You know, when you feel like you just want to keep something to yourself and you like Mm. retreat from it. So if you're going through something tough or, you know, something else, there's a certain aspect of your life that for you just you don't feel comfortable sharing it. I guess that for me is like the gauge of where to draw the line. Mm-hmm. So there are aspects of my you know life that I don't talk about. And I think that is so important 
whatever degree you need that you know some people especially with the rise of like you know amazing influencers and vloggers and people like that you've got to know what your line is when you're a personal brand but only you can answer that and sometimes sadly you only learn that from you know sharing something that is an overstep of your boundary luckily I've not been there but I know for many coaches and other people online they've kind of gone all in with that and then thought oh whoa like I need to reverse this back a little bit so I think I've just always asked myself do I want to share this am I excited about sharing this Mm. and a good gauge as well is I know that Alice has mentioned this as well I've learned so much on marketing from Alice so you know anything that I share I've probably learned from her she says like is it a wound or a scar so when you're talking about you know a personal thing that's happened or something shit that's happened in your business or whatever is it a wound or a scar is a good question to gauge like whether it still feels fresh and you need to have that personal time with it or whether you feel like you've learned a great lesson from it and you're happy to share it. So that's the personal stuff. And then like how I apply marketing to my business and it sounds counterintuitive to what I've just said, but I am just like authentically me. And I think... It doesn't sound counterintuitive. I get that. I completely get that. You can be both. You can have boundaries and still be authentic and, you know, put yourself out there. Carry on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for pulling me up. (laughs) (laughs) I am me. And, you know, with the work that I do, it's important for me to show that I am not perfect and I... Anything that I share with clients, I've either done it myself or I'm continuing to work on it myself because personal growth and like self-development to me is like the gym. You don't just go to the gym for six months and then you're fixed and then you're like, great, fit for life, off I go to sit on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) I know, exactly. And, you know, our brains, like our mindset, our emotions, like that's all the same concept, like our bodies, even on a mental and emotional level, we continue to need that development and that work and that like fine tuning. And, you know, at some points it will be more needed than others, like if we're in a transitional phase. But how that relates to marketing is I do share, you know, my own journey. And I think that has massively connected me more with my clients and made me a better coach. But I'm also all about, like you say, I know my values and I live them. So I love that you said you feel like I embody that female empowerment because that is literally who I am. And that's me if I'm coaching, if I'm sat watching the Kardashians with my friends, like I'm always... Like it was obviously launch day yesterday and I got to about eight o'clock and I was just like, I'm going to put Kardashians on and I feel like it gets so much stick, but I'm like, I love them. And that's my perfect switch off. So yeah. Yeah. I love them too. And I'm going to have a Kim Kardashian shaped hole in my life. Oh, don't I know. You know what? I could go off on a tangent about this all day, but like they get so much stick. Granted, values aren't always there, but I do feel like they're learning a lot and blah, 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 and amending some things. But as business women, their work ethic is just above and beyond. And like the hours they put in, insane. And the fact that she's studying for a law degree, the Elwoods fan in me is just like, go on, girl. So carry on. I (laughs) I know. I totally agree. So when I talk about like uplifting other women, celebrating other women, being that cheerleader, I'm like that with my best friends. 
I'm like that watching Kim you know, watching a celebrity, watching anyone. Like, I just want to see women win. That is my thing. Like, that's my turn on. That's my, like, thing that gets me excited to get up in the morning. (laughs) It really, really is. So I think that is a big part of my marketing is like, you know, is it going to be that positive thing in a woman's day? Is it going to help them put themselves first? Is it going to help them achieve their goals in life? And if it ticks those boxes or one of them, then it's a yes. And if it doesn't, then it's a no. Perfecto. Let's dive in at the deep end then, Kat. Challenges. Looking back over the past, and I think we can include the makeup business as well in this because it is a whole journey. Have you got any standout days that have just tested you where you've just thought, I can't do this? Or if not that, really tested you in the sense of, I didn't expect this, this is ridiculously hard, et cetera, et cetera, like real low points. I think with both businesses, the initial stages of like, oh, no one's paid me to do this, yet I still have to go out into the world and say that I do this (laughs) and believe in myself. So imposter syndrome big time in both businesses and learning to champion myself and talk about myself it took me probably a year to confidently say to someone I run a makeup business I'm a bridal makeup artist and likewise with coaching it took me you know maybe a bit less time maybe like those eight months to say oh I'm a life coach because it's one thing to want to do something and be working towards building it it's another to kind of claim it and confidently identify in that role, like as a founder, as a CEO, whatever business you're running, it takes a lot of guts. I remember speaking to you at the March Midweek Mingle Mm -hmm. in Manchester last March. And I remember like we were having a chat and you mentioned you were a coach. And I remember being like, what? And you were like, I always forget to tell people. And that was back then then it was like oh yeah she's a coach and then it all made sense but I remember we had a talk about how you were like I I always forget and I forget to put myself out there etc etc so yeah no that always rings a bell yeah yeah that is such a big lesson and looking back I think the imposter syndrome was telling me that I wasn't Mm. so it was like how can you say you're a coach if you've not and there was probably an element of how can you say you're a coach if you don't bring in 10k months because that was what I saw as coaching online as we said that kind of gross marketing so it took me a long time to get there and that was a real struggle I think when you grow in anything you've got to claim it and feel it and be it before the clients come, you know, before the customers come, before the sales come. And that is such a challenge because you have to get up every day and be that founder, be that CEO, even if like there's fuck all money in the bank, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, it's so true. I remember being in, I'm obviously in the flat now, and I remember our neighbour moved in. Like when I first started, she can, she did. And she knocked and introduced herself. And I said, oh, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm the deputy head of this school down the road. And I was like, fucking hell, like she's really young. That's a bloody good job. 
And then she was like, and what do you do? And I remember being like, oh, uh, well, I, I used to produce conferences for this big publishing house and, uh, and now I kind of do this, uh, uh, this thing. Uh. And she looked at me and she was like, what the fuck? And I could tell that she was just thinking like, who is this girl? Do you know what I mean? And because I just couldn't say what I did because I just felt so like she can, she did, obviously wasn't making money. I hadn't got much to show for itself at the time. And I just couldn't bring myself to like say, on the founder of, you know, she can, she did, and it does it X, Y, Z. And I remember my ex-partner at the time, she walked out and he literally looked at me and was like, what on earth was that? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm going to have to work on that. Because it is, it's so hard to just like claim what you do. And even now, like after the launch yesterday, it's going to be like a different introduction of like what she can, she did is, and just getting used to that and just owning it. And I think what you're saying right now is resonating so much because it is just like, yeah, it's just such a transition. You just have to embrace what you do and what you've accomplished and stuff. It's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Something I remember talking about towards the end of last year was can and this applies to anyone, whether personal or professional goals, but can you show up even when you're not seeing results? Mm, Yeah. And I think if you can answer that question with a yeah, then you've got to keep growing. You've got to keep going with your business because if you can put in the work and put in the hours and show up, even when you don't see those results, like I said, if it's real in your head, like I know you have such a great vision of where you want this to go. That is real, even though you can't like the tangible steps aren't manifested yet they will Mm. because you're starting to embody it and yeah I resonate so much with that like well I do a bit of this and I've just got this little thing and it's like no just claim it (laughs) I love that when those moments do happen like what do you do to give yourself a pick-me-up and just carry on because I think it's one of the most number of messages I get are when people are having challenges with their businesses or there's that self-doubt there or they're wanting to pack it in, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone has those days where it's just like, what am I doing? How do you get through it? So for me, when I was starting out, it was definitely a mix of internal stuff and external stuff. So external, look for evidence. So look for evidence that it's already happening for you you know, I'm a big fan of celebrating every single small, tiny win. Even if it's like, I have X amount more followers this week or whatever you want to celebrate, even if it's not the end goal, look for evidence that it's happening. Because mm. when you focus on that, it will grow. And also look for evidence of the possibilities of what you want to build. So whatever business you're in, look to people who have already done it because if they've done it why not you Mm. and that's a question that I think is so powerful because why not you why can't you build that as well if that's what you want and that's a really great you know we talk a lot about comparison and that can go down a negative path of course but I feel like that question is a great model of like celebrating another business owner for their success And also knowing that because they exist and their business exists, that success is also possible for you. So look into interviews or podcasts or other content in your industry that is going to give you that backing and support and inspiration. And then internally, 
getting super super crystal clear on what I wanted and what I wanted it to look like was a big one and a game changer for me because it's all well and good saying oh well I'm not getting any clients I'm not successful I'm not this I'm not that but if you don't know what success even means to you you're not gonna have that like path and plan and actionable steps laid out in front of you to create it so maybe for you starting out you know someone listening if they're at the beginning stages and they're not seeing results maybe like they just want to be able to pay their rent and not be borrowing money off their partner (laughs) you know like totally been there by the way (laughs) you know maybe they just want to be splitting the bills with whoever they live with so you've got a financial goal there already So how does that work? You know, how can you set action steps today, this week, this month to move towards creating the clients or customers you need to make that money? So it's like a balance of practical stuff, like what are you actually going to get up and do to make that happen? But also the more like spiritual woo stuff of having that vision and holding that vision in your mind so, so crystal clear and coming back to it on a regular basis because that's what will keep you going on the days where you can't see the physical results in your current reality but you know in your mind what it's going to look like and like I said the more you can feel that and feel into it and start acting as the business owner as the founder who's already there the more you're going to put yourself out there and make it happen love that so good I'm just sat here just taking it all in I feel like I'm being coached by you I love it in terms of what makes it all worth it then or actually like rounding up you know looking back what are you most proud of and yeah what does make it all worth it for you it's seeing true transformation in a woman's life it's seeing how much progress she can make you know, in three months, in six months, in a year's time, seeing like that, you know, like I described a woman like coming to life when she sees her makeup in the mirror on a wedding day. It's like that times 10 on steroids. (laughs) It's like you see someone, you see their posture change, their body language change, how they speak change, you know, their eye contact, like when you truly like do the work on yourself, and you're putting yourself first and you're achieving your goals or you're like well on your way to achieving your goals you just move through life differently Mm. and you feel like you're walking on air (laughs) and to be able to see that and like witness that in other women is just priceless for me and it honestly I have to pinch myself when I finish with a client and they're like in tears and saying you know the past few months have changed my life like the kind of testimonials that you could only dream about as a new coach so to be able to have that experience with women almost four years on I genuinely have to pinch myself that this is my job Mm. because this isn't a fad for me this is genuinely how I live my life and what I'm passionate about as a woman supporting other women So if there's ever a day where I'm like, you know, have a hectic schedule or some tech thing goes wrong or something is happening and I'm stressed, it's all so worth it because that experience is just magical. Like I can't describe it any other way. It's like magic seeing it happen. So good. And I just want to say for anyone listening, like your face lit up as you said that as well. It's so lovely. 
Right, let's end with some statements, quick fire. Being my own boss means? Doing whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yes. When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to? Walk away. Yeah. Get out in nature. Yeah. If I could describe myself as a businesswoman, I'd say that I am. This is a hard one. <laughs> Sorry, it's not very quick ground. <laughs> If I could describe myself as a businesswoman, I would say that I am badass. <laughs> yeah, love that. I can't say that word because of my lisp. If I could go back to day one of my business, I'd tell myself. Keep fucking going. <laughs> Don't stop. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And very lastly, I want my legacy to be that. Women worldwide put themselves first and know that to do that doesn't mean that they're selfish it actually means that they're selfless and they're going to change the world by doing that thank you so much that was so good love that oh you're welcome thank you Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you have a minute to spare and enjoyed it, of course, it would mean so much to me if you could please rate the podcast below or leave a review if you fancy being extra kind, as apparently it helps to give the series a little boost and helps other female founders and aspiring business owners to find it. For now, though, enjoy the rest of your day and please do look out for next week's episode. (music) 